0: Chapter 29 of Hagar's Daughter, A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hagar's Daughter, A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter 29 Meanwhile there was mourning at the Bowen mansion for the joy of the house had fled with jewel mrs. Bowen sent for the family lawyer and then went to bed Trouble was wearing her out and there was danger of her becoming a confirmed invalid Mr.. Cameron put the machinery of the law in motion to find the missing girl, but there progress seemed to end Now the sorely tried mistress discovered what a treasure she had in the maid Venus the girl was everywhere attending to the business of the house and waiting on the invalid mistress she visited the jail with news for the restless unhappy man confined there never seeming to weary in well-doing venus preserved a discreet silence concerning the letter received on the night of the abduction but the brain of the little brown maid was busy she had her own ideas about certain things and was planning for the deliverance of her loved young mistress When Jewel had been absent about two weeks, Venus asked leave to pay her mother a visit one evening. Marthy had heard nothing from the police in relation to Aunt Henny, and she was overjoyed to see her daughter. It gave her an opportunity to pour her sorrows and griefs into sympathetic ears. She bustled about the neat kitchen, setting out the best that her home afforded for supper, and Oliver dropped his books in honor of his sister's visit, making it a festival when the meal was on the table smoking hot corn pone gumbo soup chicken and rice and coffee of an amber hue the children ate with gusto the mother's eyes shone with happiness as she watched their enjoyment pressing upon them at intervals extra helps have some more of this gumbo soup my baby i reckon you don't get nothin like it up yonder with all the fixin's you has there well lord ma I won't be able to walk to the cars if I keep on stuffing myself, replied Venus, as her mother filled her plate again with the delicious soup. Say, Venus, broke in Oliver with a grin on his mischievous face, who's the good-looking buck that came to the end of the street with you the last time you were home? What's that? cried Martha sharply. Oliver laughed and clapped his hands. Ma's like a hen with chickens. She's afraid of the fellows, Vini venus laughed too a little shamefacedly oh now ollie ain't you got no cover to your mouth that was mr sumner's man john i had to see him about a message from mrs bowen to mr sumner and so he was polite enough to come with me to our street it being pretty dark that's all right said Marthy in a relieved tone mr william's a perfect gentleman you're only a little gal venus if you is to work out, and there's time enough for you to get into trouble, you don't want to fill your head up with bigoty notions about fellers yet. I got married young when I'd been playing with baby rags. I don't want my gal to take on any more trouble in her head than she can kick off at her heels. You, Venus, mark my words, and remember what I tells you if I'm moldering in the clay and dust and ashes tomorrow. Getting joined to a man's a terrible responsibility, especially the man. You want to think well and calculate consequences of the previous act. My, 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 she continued musingly. How that carries me back to the last time old Miss Sargent walked me. She says to me, Marthy, did you take the money off my dresser? Tell me the truth, and I doesn't lie. And so I said, Yes, Ike Johnson told me to do it, and he buy me a red ribbon for my hair. Old Miss says, Marthy? you's admitted the previous act and i'm going to whop you and the old lady laid it onto me right smart with her slipper i johnson's been getting me into trouble ever since that time oliver when you was born and i found you was a male child i says to myself lord how come you let me bring one of them male critters into the world and make trouble for some poor woman and if ever you get jined and treat yo wife as yo pa's treated me i hope you'll git yo match and she'll wallop de earth with you deed i does daddy been home lately asked venus carelessly after the meal was cleared away no child, he ain't replied her mother he was home lemme see just before the first of the month he brought me the mortgage money how much was it four hundred dollars venus child, you could have knocked me down with a feather I was so outdone from astonishment when he throwed it in my lap and said, there's your mortgage. Now, Ma, where'd he get all that money, I'd like to know. He never got it honest, that's my belief. Yes, I reckon he did, honey, this time. General benson give it to him. Yo, Granny asked the General about it way in the winter. Huh, exclaimed Venus. He ain't been home since. General's bought a plantation out of Baltimore a bit, and your pa's helping to fix it up. I reckon he'll be there about all summer. He took a few clothes and things with him when he was home. Venus looked at her mother intently, but remained silent. Dear, dear Venus, Marthy continued, beginning to cry. If I only knew where was yo granny or what had come to her, I'd be a happy woman this night and to think of miss jewel too that dear beautiful girl with a face like an angel out of glory the ways of the lord pass follerin and that's a fact what's dad say about granny asked venus suddenly he ain't worried none bless yo soul he ain't studyin bout the dear old soul he ain't got no more blood in him than a lizard he's the honorist man says to me quit frettin'. the old woman'll turn up safe quicker'n scat he says she's tough nothing ain't gwine kill that old hornet them's your pa's words to me what do you expect from dad ma you know him you ought to if anybody does granny makes him toe the mark that's why he dislikes her that's so sure enough baby and what we know about ike johnson's mean capers would fill a book it's twenty years come next christmas since we jumped the broomstick together we was the very last couple john before the surrender and if it hadn't been for your granny we'd all been in the pole-house long ago and forget when it was time to start for home oliver escorted his sister to the car on the way she questioned him closely and learned many things concerning her father that her mother had failed to mention it's as sure as preaching she told herself late that night as she was preparing for bed it's as sure as preaching that somebody who knows something must take hold of miss jules case or that son of sodom will carry his point the police are slower slower'n death dad's up to his capers he can fool ma but he can't pull the wool over my eyes i'm his daughter hm. well we'll see about it it's a burning shame for dad to go on this way after all miss jules kindness to us but i'll balk him i'll see him out on this case or my name ain't venus johnson i'll see if this one little black girl can't get the best of as mean a set of villains as ever was born was her last thought as her eyes closed in slumber mr henson sat in his office the next morning thinking deeply he had just returned from new york where he had carefully examined the ground trying to find a flaw in the Bowen will drawn and signed in that city but not a particle of encouragement had rewarded his efforts he was much depressed over the failure to obtain a clue to what he was convinced was clever forgery committed by two dangerous men his vast experience did not aid him he was forced to declare that the criminals had covered their tracks well mr cameron had just left him after acknowledging his inability to fix a point that would legally stay the enforcement of the will all was dark but the man felt that if he could obtain the slightest clue he could unravel the whole plot without difficulty but how to gain a clue was the question he had determined to start the next day for kentucky in the hope of finding elise bradford's aunt and the child of the dead woman hoping that this might furnish the key to the mystery the morning sunshine streamed into the room the intense heat was enervating he drew his chair before the large open window on the side where the sun had not reached and directly in the wake of an electric fan he leaned his head upon his hand and thought over the situation all his efforts had been to ascertain if there were any real grounds for the suspicions which had been aroused in miss bowen's mind and which his interviews with sumner had confirmed the news of her abduction had come as a distinct shock to him when it was given him upon his return from new york the beautiful girl had aroused all the man's innate chivalry springs of tenderness long dead to any influence had welled up in his soul and he felt a mad desire uncontrollable and irresistible to rescue her to take dire vengeance upon her captors her haunting influence was wrapped about him he could see her feel her presence and almost catch the tones of her low voice in the silent room ever and anon he glanced about him as if seeking the actual form of the fair spirit that had so suddenly absorbed his heart and soul he was satisfied in his own mind that general benson was the criminal but to this man who had become a legal machine tangible evidence was the only convincing argument that he knew presently a clerk entered the room and announced that a woman wished to speak to him show her in he replied to the man's query a few seconds passed and then the opening door admitted a young colored girl who had an extremely intelligent wide-awake expression venus was not at all embarrassed by the novelty of her surroundings but advanced toward the chief with a business-like air after making sure that the retiring clerk had actually vanished i'm miss jule bowen's maid she declared abruptly the detective whirled around in his chair at her words and in an instant was all attention his keen eyes ran over the neat little brown figure standing demurely before him with a rapid mental calculation of her qualities what is your name venus camilla johnson how long have you been in miss bowen's employ all the winter who sent you here nobody i keep my business to myself things are too curious around washington these days to be talking too much the shadow of a smile lurked around the corners of mr henson's mouth well what do you want time is precious with me yes sir i won't keep you long but you see miss Jules has been my good angel and i just had to come here and unburden my mind to you or burst you see sir it's this way the bowen family is white right through most too good for this world they've got piles of money but my, 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 my since the senator's gone and mr cuthbert's done got into trouble from being in tow with miss madison they be the most miserablest two lone women you ever saw venus forgot her education in her earnestness and fell into the negro vernacular talking and crying at the same time mr henson waited patiently he knew that she would grow calmer if he did not notice her agitation it's hard for me to go back on my own daddy continued the girl but it's got to be done i suspicion him more and more every minute i'm alive i do miss Jule's stolen away and the old lady's taken down to her bed and my daddy is waltzing through the country looking after general benson's business down on a plantation in maryland i'm no fool mr henson he's my daddy but isaac johnson's a bad pill he's just like a bad white man sir he'll do anything for money when he gets hard up mr henson sat with pale face regarding the woman before him his eyes gleamed and were fixed searchingly upon her finally he asked who are your parents i take it they were once slaves where were they born ma's aunt henny Sargent's daughter marthy and daddy's isaac johnson they lived on adjoining plantations in maryland Dad belonged to Mr. Ensign and Ma to Mrs. Sargent. Ma says it was a terrible misfortune that she did live next door to the ensigns. Leastwise, Oliver and Mead never had Ike Johnson for our daddy. Any relation to the Aunt Henny who was employed by the government and who has disappeared? The detective asked. Yes, sir, that's her, replied the girl, nodding her head. Poor Granny. I reckon she's dead all right. Ma takes it terrible hard does nothing but cry after granny all day while she's working i tell her i can't cry till i find miss jewel ma says i'm unfeeling but lord you can't help being just as you're built say mr henson i've made bold to bring you something i took it away from the madam the night miss jewel was stolen mr henson took the envelope that the girl extended to him and read the note contained therein who do you think sent this venus no one but old benson again the chief smiled at the quaint answer but he looked at her still more searchingly and asked did anything of a particularly suspicious nature occur to make you hold that opinion well yes sir there did something i overheard general benson say to the old lady oh then you were listening i reckon i was and a good job too or i wouldn't have this to tell you it was the day the will was read Mr. Cameron was gone, and the three of them, Mrs. Bowen, Miss Jewell, and General Benson, were in the library. Miss Jewell went out and left the other two together. He hollered at the madam like he was crazy, and I was standing there outside the door with the old senator's bootjack in my hand, expecting that I'd have to go in and hit the general over the head with it to protect the madam. He says to her, So, you will assist that headstrong girl to defy me, will you? well do it at your peril then he went close up to her so close that their noses almost touched and i thought it was about time for the boot jack sure but all he did was to whisper to her and the old madam gave a screech and keeled over on the floor like she was dead i declare to you mr henson i was scared enough to drop but i didn't say a word no sir i just went in as soon as the general went out and i picked the old lady up and got her to her room and when she came to herself there was nobody to ask her what was the matter because they didn't know what i could have told them but madam hasn't been herself since i believe my soul that he scared the life out of her when miss jewel didn't come home and that note came instead i just made up my mind that it was venus for general benson and that i'd got to cook his goose or he'd cook mine you do not like general benson i see like him who could the sly old villain he's mighty shrewd and she paused well what foxy she finished he tries to be mighty sweet to me but i like a gentleman to stay where he belongs and not be loving servant girls on the sly i owe miss jewel what money can't pay and i'm not ungrateful i believe the old rapscallion has got her shut up somewhere down in maryland and dad's helping him oh i didn't tell you did i that dad's his private waiter ah exclaimed the chief for the first time exhibiting a sign of excitement now we're getting down to business my girl i understand your drift now you have done well to come to me venus smiled in proud satisfaction at his words of praise the man sat buried in deep thought for a time before he spoke again finally he said i need help venus are you brave enough to risk something for the sake of your mistress try me and see was her proud reply it comes to just this some one must go down to this plantation in maryland and hang around to find out if there is truth in our suspicions can you wear boys' clothing? He asked abruptly. Venus showed her dazzling teeth in a giggle. She ducked her head and writhed her shoulders in suppressed merriment as she replied. Can't I? Well, I reckon. Then you'll do. There's no time to be lost. Disguise yourself as a boy, be as secret about it as possible. Tell no one what you are about to do or where you are going, and meet me at the station tonight in time for the ten o'clock train for Baltimore my agent will be waiting for you on the avenue just by the entrance disguised as your grandfather uncle henry a crippled old negro fond of drink you are to be billy and both of you are going home to baltimore we will fix the rest of the business after you reach the village god grant that this plan may hasten the discovery i have been seeking end of chapter twenty nine